Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. If you have your Bibles, join me in the Gospel of Luke this morning in the second chapter. Luke chapter number two, please. Some of those Christmas songs are beautiful, aren't they? Sister, you did an amazing job. I appreciate that. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sure glad God gifts people like that, aren't you? But I got to be honest, I get jealous. Man, you know, have a set of pipes like that. Man, that's amazing. Wow. Praise the Lord. Bobby Joe, you did an amazing job as well today. Choir, you did tremendous. That That was really good. I enjoyed it. Carrie, you did a great job playing today. Tyler, I was standing next to you. You sang so well. Church, you're just amazing. I tell you, I don't want you to feel left out, you know. (laughs) Luke chapter number two. Join me if you would. Now, when you look at Luke chapter number two, if you begin in chapter two, verse one, you begin to read about the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. And then and then you get down to right around verse number eight, and in verse number eight, uh, you, begin to, you begin to pick up the feel of, of what was going on, you know, in the surroundings, you know. It talks about there was in the same country, and, and now we get all the supporting cast there and the, you know, the announcement and, and all of that fun stuff. And then, and then in verse 21, you see the naming of Jesus in verse 21. They called his name Jesus. And then in, in, in verse number 25, you begin to read about Simeon and, and of course, Anna. But verse 41 picks up a scene that I, I want us to look at this morning. And so Luke chapter number 2, and if you would, verse 41, take a peek there. It says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now Christ has already been born. And he's already advanced in age, right? And so time is, time is moving on as time usually does move on, right? Time waits for no one. Isn't that right? And so now he's believed to be maybe, maybe preteen years, you know, maybe 12, 13 years old at this point. And uh, his parents are heading toward Jerusalem. Why? Because there's the feast of the Passover. He's 12 years old. They went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, notice if you would, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother, read them next few words with me if you would. Knew not of it. Did you get that? And so the family went, they they took their journey to Jerusalem, feast of Passover, They're going to go to worship God. They, of course, arrive. They have their time of worship. Their days are fulfilled. They're on their way back home. And Jesus stays in Jerusalem, and Mary and the family knew not of it. Verse 44, but they, supposing him to have been in the the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance, 
And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass after three days, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I want to speak this, this morning out of that text of scripture on this subject. Have we lost Jesus? Have we lost Jesus? Tune in with me if you would. Give me your undivided attention here this morning, and I, I trust will be a blessing out of this text of Scripture. You know, one of the great truths of Scripture, one of the great truths, truths of salvation is, is uh, uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit. And that's a great truth, isn't it? Now think about it with me. When, when you get saved, when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit of Almighty God the third person of the Godhead, takes up residence in our lives. I mean, I mean, the Bible says that he just comes and he comes to stay. Isn't that, isn't that an amazing truth? Huh? And, and that, is, that is in the Bible uh, labeled as many things. Sometimes uh, we label it as the earnest of our salvation. In other words, God uh, literally, he makes a deposit. You know, he gives us the Holy Spirit uh, with a promise, and the promise is, I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to come back and fully redeem you. I'm going to bring you to where I am. Amen. Isn't that what Jesus told his disciples? Yeah. Huh? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He talks about heaven. In my Father's house, many mansions, I go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, Amen. that where I am there you may be also. So one of the great truths of salvation one of the great truths of, of Scripture is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And here's what we, we are told. Here's what we believe, that, that uh, uh, he comes to take up residence and he doesn't leave us. I like this. We were talking about this yesterday in men's Bible study, where Jesus said this, I will send you another comforter, but another not, not in diversification. He's not going to be different. He's just another of the same. And basically what he's saying is this, I need to leave you so that you'll receive the full benefits of the salvation package. And so the Holy Spirit comes, he becomes the earnest of our salvation. He's kind of like our engagement ring that one day Jesus is going to come back and fully redeem us because we're headed toward a marriage, right? The marriage of the Lamb in heaven. But until then, we have the Holy Spirit and once we have him, he'll never leave us, and that guarantees us our salvation. And so we like to say this, once saved, always saved. Doctrinally speaking, it's eternal security, right? And so we, we believe that we are eternally secure. And what that, what that teaching is, what that basically means, is if you have genuine salvation, you can never lose it. 
I mean, if you've been born again, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, if your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, it can never be erased. Amen? Amen? We're saved. Nothing like being saved. Great being saved. However, say with me, however. It's kind of like the word but. You're not sure what's going to follow. Once saved, always saved. Right? You, you get the Holy Spirit. He takes up, he indwells us, you know, and, and he never leaves us. However, however, even eternally secure believers lose Jesus at times. Same men right there. Huh? Even though we're born again, eternally secure, our name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, if we were to die today, we'd go to heaven, or whenever we do die, we're going to go to heaven. It's guaranteed. Even those of us who believe that and are eternally secure lose Jesus at times. It's not that we lose our salvation. Come on, church. I hate it when you're so quiet. Man, and that was a biggie. It's not that we lose our salvation. Right? Huh? So here's what we're going to do on the screens from now on, fellas, work this out. When I do that, you just put, say amen. It's kind of like we're in your audience. They put the cue cards up, you know, say amen. I know you're waiting for the next statement, right? So it's not like we lose our salvation because we're eternally secure, and that depends on him. But at times, what we lose is our fellowship. We lose, we lose closeness. We lose intimacy. Are you with me? Uh, and and here's, here's what we learn. Salvation, our salvation is dependent on him, but our fellowship, our closeness, intimacy is dependent on us. Right? I mean, to tell you, the fact of the matter is, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, Amen. and forever, but we're not. We're not. And the best of us are... Huh? Did you ever get around some people and wonder if they're bipolar? I mean, happy one day, and the next day they're not. Happy one hour, the next hour. You never know how you're going to find them. I love people that are consistent. Now, sometimes you've got to medicate to be consistent. But I, I like where you always know where this person stands. Come on now, be, get, get with me. It drives me crazy. You never know because you've got you to walk on eggshells around some people. Because if you don't know if they're happy or if they're sad, you don't know what, where, where, if they're going to blast you or praise you. <laughs> well, you're with me now, aren't you? Yeah. But, but on, the, on, the, on, on the spiritual side, on the spiritual side, you know, that, that happens as well, where at times we kind of step out of fellowship. And if we're not careful, we're not careful, we break fellowship with the Lord. I want to make a statement, and please don't, don't read into it, but I want to make a statement and then quantify it. Christmas time lends to this deficiency. I am not, I am not bah humbug. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what's the guy's name? Scrooge. I almost said the Grinch. Yeah, I'm not Scrooge. 
you know? I'm not. I, I enjoy. I want everybody to enjoy. I'm festive. I, I like it. You know, I think it's, it drives me crazy because everything's so busy, but, but I, I'm good, right? However, I've been around long enough and been saved long enough to know this time of the year can cause a break in fellowship. Because it's very, I said this on Wednesday evening in our Bible study, it's really, it's really possible to get caught up in the surroundings. Huh? I mean, just think about the story itself, the Christmas story, right? I mean, if we were to read Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and then Luke chapter 1 and 2, it's a tremendous story. And then there's all, all the surroundings. You got the characters, right? You got the shepherds, you know, out in the field, you know, keeping, keeping their flock there. And then, and then you got the kings, right? And, and you know there's three of them, right? <laughs> we three kings of Orient are, you know? And so there's the kings from the east. And, and then, of course, there's Mary. And, and who I can't have the story without Mary. And then there's Joseph, right? And then Herod. And then there's the supporting cast. You got the angels, you know? And then you, you got the animals, and you got the star, and you got the inn, and the innkeeper, and you got the manger. And and if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the details that we lose focus of the star of the show, Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said this on Wednesday evening in our Bible study, Christmas is all about the incarnation of Christ, where God became flesh and dwelt among us, Amen. and all for one purpose to redeem us, to save us. And Luke said this in, in Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's the story of Christmas. Amen? And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the surroundings. We can get so caught up, you know, in those trappings that we lose focus of Jesus. And so have we lost Jesus. This is an interesting story, and, and I, I want you to notice just a few details with me, and I'll give you something to take with you. I want you to notice first the family was headed to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. Did you see that? Look at verse 41 again. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, why did they do that? Well, be, because that's what, they, that's what they were supposed to do. They were very faithful. It would be like this. It would be as if, you know, uh, 1045 every Sunday morning, we are in our place at church, Amen. right? It's just what we do, right? It, 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 it's just a part of us, right? It, it's not because we're forced to. It's just what we do. We love doing it, Amen. right? So here's his family. They're headed toward Jerusalem uh, for the Passover. They weren't going to the mall. Right? They weren't going to some, you know, big event downtown Philly. You know, they're going to Jerusalem, a Passover feast, and it's in this setting that they lose Jesus. Are you with me? Yes. Not at the mall, not around City Hall, not at some big festival. They're going to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And in that setting, they lose Jesus. Now, the question is this, uh, what did they lose? What did they lose? Uh, they were still his parents. Even though they left town without him, this, by the way, this is the very first Home Alone <laughs> episode in the Bible. Uh, 
even though they left town without him, they're still his parents. It didn't disqualify them. What did they lose? Pay attention right here. They lost his presence. They lost his presence. Are you with me? And that's, that's rather significant. I want, you to, I want you to notice a few things, a few features here. I want you to know, notice this. Those who lost him were closest to him. Take that in for a second. I want you to get this. I'm going to preach in just a little bit. But I want you to get this. Those who lost him were those closest to him. Somebody say something. Yeah. Mm. They, they were the ones least likely to lose him. They were his parents. Not only that, I want you to note this. They lost him while they were in the temple, at the temple. For us, for us it could be at church. Are you aware of this? Are you aware that people lose Jesus at church all the time? And if we're not careful, if you're not careful, you lose them here. Huh? Oh, all it takes is somebody to say the wrong thing to you at the wrong time. Where in the world did you get that sweater? Is that one of those ugly sweaters? Did you win that one of those ugly sweater contests? And all of a sudden, man, you lost Jesus. Huh? Or maybe, maybe you're wondering, why in the world didn't we sing Away in the Manger this morning? Why did we sing that last song? What was the last song called? He Who? He shall, he shall reign for every morning. Now, be honest with you. How many of us knew that song? Raise your hand real high. All right, three people. <laughs> and if you're not careful, you'd have said, now, look, it's Christmas. Why don't we sing Silent Night instead of He Shall Reign Forevermore? And right there, you can lose Jesus. Uh -huh. You walked in the back door, you had a big old smile, and you met Mr. Sourpuss. And Mr. Sourpuss said to you, what are you so happy for? And right there, you can lose Jesus. Uh, are you with me? And so, uh, I want you to get this. Those who lost him were the closest to him, his parents, and they lost him where we would say they lost him at church. And then I want you to notice this. They lost him while involved in religious activity. They lost him while involved in religious activity. And don't forget, the lost part is just a lack of intimacy, a lack of closeness, a lack of fellowship. Hello? You know, sometimes it's the least likely people who lose Jesus. I mean, let's just be honest. We probably, we probably, preacher uh, Riddell, we probably know some preachers that have lost him and some church leaders that have lost him and some dynamic church members who have lost him. Are you with me? And, 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 and look, it, 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 that's just the way it happens sometimes. We never, ever think of losing fellowship with him, but it happens. We all know people who have, but here's the danger. Sometimes, sometimes the end is worse than they thought. They lose more in the end than fellowship. Are you with me? And there's a danger there. There's a danger there. And so Mary and Joseph lose Jesus just by walking away from Jerusalem. And, and, and they thought that he was somewhere in the group, but every step they took toward Nazareth was a step further they took away from Christ. 
Amen? Yeah. Some will say this, well, preacher, doesn't the Bible say, doesn't the Bible say that he'll never leave us nor forsake us? And it does. And I just started out the service by saying to you that once the Holy Spirit of God comes in, once you get saved, you're always saved, and he's there to stay. He'll never leave you. However, there are times that we leave him. Amen. You remember years ago, Preacher Riddell would use this illustration. I don't know if he did, but I'm sure he did. He would talk to you about being close to the Lord, and he would, he would talk about how there was a time when he and Miss Faith used to drive down the road when they were just, you know, married, newlyweds. And if you were in the car behind them, you know, you would think that there was a person driving that car with two heads <laughs> because she was so snuggled up to him that, I mean, he, his next move was out the door. He told you about that, right? <laughs> but just a couple of weeks ago, they were driving down the road, and she was all the way over here, ready to jump out the door. And he was all the way over here, just pretending like he was driving. And she looked over to him, and she said to him, what do you call him? Snuggle Bunny? <laughs> what do you call him? Honey. Honey. And she looked over him and she said, Honey. <laughs> Do you remember when we were just newlyweds and we were driving down the road, how close we were? And, and he looked over to her. What do you call her, Brother Riddell? Snookums? Sweetheart. Sweetheart. And he looked over to her and as kind as he could, he said, Sweetheart, in all these years, I haven't moved. Huh? Now, I want you to do this on the way out today. I want you to look at them in the <laughs> as they're leaving. <laughs> they're probably both going to get on the same side of the car, you know. But look here, that, that just seems to be the most simplest way to illustrate the fact that he is the same. He is always the same, but we're not. And if we're not careful, it can almost seem as if we're disconnecting and our heart is growing cold and we're getting further and further from the Lord, even while, are you listening real good? Even while we're a part of religious activity. Look here, we know church leaders who are disconnected. I know preachers who preach who haven't walked with God all week. I know Sunday school teachers who do their lesson on Saturday night. Huh? I mean, vocalists too, they just have a great voice. Not, not talking about you. Just have, you do. But I just, not, I have you not imply. They didn't need to pray. They didn't need to pray in order to sing. They just open up their mouth and it comes out. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can be so disconnected and move so far away from him, you know, that we're just close to just all together. So what do we do? You know, how, how, do you, how do you get it back? How do you restore fellowship? That's the question this morning. How do you restore fellowship? That's the question this morning. Sooner or later, they're going to get this. How do you restore fellowship? That's the question this morning. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I love those guys. 
<laughs> they all put their resignation and they're all going to Africa this January as missionaries. They're finished working with me up there. But how do you restore fellowship? Let me, let me give you just a couple of things as we, as we close up the message this morning. Look at verse 45, if you will. Uh, verse 43, I'm sorry. Look what it says. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and, and his mother uh, knew not of it. And then, but, but they, supposing him to have been in the, in, in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. Are you with me? And so the, the very first thing you have to do to re- restore fellowship is to, is to just admit, to admit that you left him. Are you with me? I mean, all along, they're leaving Jerusalem thinking that Jesus is, he's just, in, he's in the, in the entourage. He's, you know, he's, he's with the group. But all of a sudden, as they went looking for him, they couldn't find him, and they had to admit that they left him. They had to admit that they left him. Pay pay attention. Um, You'll never reclaim fellowship with Jesus until you're honest enough to admit that you've lost it. Are you with me? All right, so let me help you. How many of us would say, don't raise your hand or say anything, but just in your mind, how many of us would say, there was a time in my Christian life where I was closer to him? I can, re- I can remember a time when I was closer to him. How many of us, of us might say this? I remember a time, Pastor, that when I used to read my Bible, it was as if the Holy Spirit of God was speaking directly to me. There was a time, Pastor, when, when I would pray, and it was, if, it was as if, you know, the, the Lord himself was right there, and we were having communication. There was a time in my life, preacher, that I couldn't wait to get to church. There was a time when my service unto the Lord, I mean to tell you, it's all I thought about. I just just couldn't wait to teach that lesson, sing that song, preach that message, usher those people in, turn pastor's slides for him on Sunday morning. (laughs) I mean to tell you, I live for that. But now, preacher, if I were to be honest, if I were to be honest, my Bible reading has become really dry. My prayer time, sometimes it's, I don't even know if the words get past the ceiling of my, my room. My, my service, I dread it. In fact, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just this close to telling you, preacher, find somebody else. So, Pastor, what, what, why, why is that? I'll tell you why that is. You broke fellowship. And you need to come to a place where you, guys, are you with me? You need to come to a place where you admit you left him. You admit you left him. That's the first step, you know? And isn't that what they did in the text? Look, look, in verse number uh, 44, supposing him to have been in the company went, went a day and sought him among their kinfolk. They, 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 they come along and they say, good grief, where is he at? We, we left him behind. Something caused us to have this break. And then then what do they do? Look, verse 45. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, what? Seeking him. So step number one is you've got to admit that I'm not where I once was. I'm not as close as I used to be. There was a time in my past where I was closer to him. There was a time in my past where I really experienced him. There was a time in my past where, I'm going to tell you, I was close to him, preacher. Preacher. I had the power of God upon my life. 
I enjoyed serving the Lord. I love going to church. But now I'm struggling. What do I do? Step number two is you need to begin to seek him again. You need to begin seeking him again. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. That's the key, right? Now, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice, read, read, the, next, uh, read, read the next verse, if you would. Uh, it says, and they came, and it came to pass, verse 46, and it came to pass that after three days, after three days, you know, in the life, in the life of a 12-year-older, three days is a lifestyle. I mean, it's a lifetime. Huh? Have you ever been lost? I remember as a kid, I, got, I used to get lost all the time because I was inquisitive. <laughs> you know, I was always looking. You know, if, you took, if my parents ever took me to a department store, a toy store, look out. Toys are us. Now, they didn't have them when I was a kid. You know, we just had little corner stores, but man, I can get lost and just overwhelmed. And, and I'll never forget times when, you know, I couldn't find my parents. I, I strayed away. And man, that's just a scary feeling as a young fella. Amen. Three days. They're seeking him. And I thought about this. I, I, I thought about this and I wrote this down. It's always more difficult to come back. It's always more difficult to come back, you know. But the truth is, the truth is, you can come back. Amen. You can come back. You can begin to seek him. You, you have to admit that I'm not where I once was. I'm not where I ought to be. I don't like being in this condition. And, and you, just, you just turn it and you begin to seek. It's kind of like repentance, right? You know what repentance is? It's just a turn. You, you just turn direction. You turn, you, know, you turn to from, right? It's not like you turn from to, no, you turn to from, right? And so, man, you're going in the wrong direction. All of a sudden, you turn to the right direction from going in the wrong direction. That's repentance. You know, you change your heart attitude. You say to yourself, I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of not getting anything from my Bible reading. I'm tired, you know, in, in praying and not being able to have a real audience with the Lord. I'm tired of going to church and just looking at the clock. Can't wait to get out. Tired of being a critic. Tired of criticizing everything. Tired of being a wet blanket. I'm tired of being all over the place. I'm tired of, you know, going to church for a month and then I, I disappear for a month. Hello? Tired of seeing other people serve God while I sit there. Help me here. Man, give those guys a raise. I like it. I like it. Next time, I want you to say amen right there. I like that. That's good, man. That's good. So what do we do? I tell you, how do you restore fellowship? You got to admit you're, you're, you're out of fellowship. And then you need to begin seeking him. And then notice this in verse 46, it says this. And it came to pass after three days, look at this. They found him right where they left him. Did you see that? I said, Pastor, my Bible doesn't say that. Well, you better get yourself a good Bible. <laughs> they found him in the tent. That's where they left him. They found him right where they left him. 
sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Huh? And so the idea is this, you need to return to where you left him. I can't find my keys. You know where they are? The last place you left them. Right? And, and for, for, for most of us, if not all of us, that simply means this. Go back to the place where you stopped doing the Father's business. Huh? Now, now you, may, you may need to retrace it, but you need to go back to the place where you lost it. What was it? Was it those little, pay attention right here, was it those little soft choices? Huh? Was it those little, com- you know what they say about compromise? It gets easier with repetition. Was it those little compromises? Do you remember a day? Do you remember, do you remember a day when Sunday was the Lord's day? And you made, you made a big deal about that. I mean, you told your employer, ain't working. You told your, your family members, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to church before I come to the picnic or the bar mitzvah or whatever else you got going on on Sunday. You remember those days? Huh? But all it took was COVID. All it took was a virus. And now we are so used to not going to church that it doesn't matter anymore because, preacher, I'll watch you tomorrow night. Help me here, church. Do you remember that? (laughs) I won't go too far down that road. But you need to look back. Maybe when you said, oh, man, I don't feel like reading this morning. Well, guess what happened? Seven days a week became four days a week, which became two days a week, which became whenever... You get some time. Prayer time used to be where you at least used to get up a few minutes and spend a little quality time someplace, but now it's on your way too. It's on my way too. Hey, look, nothing wrong with praying on your way too, but that's not enough. You need to find a spot where you get alone with God and have fellowship without having to worry about the traffic light turning or somebody walking in because you're in the bathroom at work. Do you remember? So maybe, you know, the way you get it back is you, you just return to the place where you lost it. Hello? Where all of a sudden it dawned on you, I got to start to make more money, and so I got to tell my employer, if you got overtime on Sunday, I'll take it. Help me here. Amen. No, you go back to the place where you stopped doing the Father's business. Now, here, here's the good part. i got to finish. Here's the, here, here's the best part. It is possible to restore it. <laughs> say amen right there. Woo. It's possible. Let me say this for some of you. For some of you who never had it, it's possible to get it. And for some of you who lost it, it's possible to get it back. Amen. Yeah. And let me give you two, two examples, and I quit. The first one would be in the Old Testament, a fellow named David. Did you ever hear him? David? David was a man of God. In fact, God said this about David. He's a man after my own heart. But you read a little story about David, how his, his fellowship with the Lord got broken. You know how it happened? He stopped doing what he was supposed to do. He stopped, he stopped doing what God ordained him to do. Why? What are you saying about it? Well, here, here's what happened. He was a king. And the Bible says there was a time when kings would go out to war, but David didn't go. David stayed back. 
Huh? He stayed back. And, and he's, he's going to go out. You know, I, I think I read somewhere in, in First or Second Samuel where he lived in Sarasota. And so he was going to go out and enjoy the sun. So he's out on his, his, his lanai. Everybody's at war. Kings are at war. His army's at war. David isn't. David took a break when he shouldn't have taken a break. If you need a break, God will give you a break, but don't take a break when you're not supposed to take a break. And what happens? Well, he's out on his, his uh, patio there, his veranda, and he looks over and he sees a woman, long story short, he lusts after that woman, takes that woman, he commits a grievous sin with that woman, and now he breaks fellowship with the Lord. Are you with me? Huh? He's out of fellowship. I mean, to tell you, he's, he's just languishing on his bed. He can't sleep. He's feeling depressed. If you read Psalm 51, you know he went through some real difficulties. But in Psalm 51 and verse number 12, David said this, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me that joy that I've experienced. Look here. He had never prayed it if it wasn't possible. You can get it back. <laughs> you can get it back. Aren't you glad you can get it back? Huh? I'm glad you can get it back. David got it back, and when you begin to read, Brian, when you begin to read the latter parts of his life, I'll tell you what, man, that dude got back up on the horse, and God used him again. God used him. And it was of David where the Lord said, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he admitted, he admitted he lost it. And he began to seek and say, God, I got to get it back. And he went to the place, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And he gets it back. Well, isn't that a great story? I love underdog story. I, I just love being for the down and outer. Huh? Then there's a fellow in the New Testament who I, I don't know, I just like him. In fact, if I identify with anybody, it's this guy, Peter. <laughs> How many of us identify with Peter? Open mouth, insert foot. Huh? Right? I mean, just did all the wrong things. You know, impetuous, cuts off the guy's ear. You know, says the Lord, I'll never, I'm never forgetting. Filled with pride. Huh? You know, you may not be aware of this, but when Peter denied the Lord, it took a great toll on his life. It took a great toll on his life. And, 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 and we talked about this yesterday, right, Donald, in our Bible study yesterday morning. You know, that, that wasn't a one-time event. Peter didn't just show up, you know, outside where, you know, Jesus is inside. He didn't just show up and, and just kind of be inconspicuous. His heart was already grown cold. And that's why the Lord said to him, he said to him, Peter, before that cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Huh? His heart had already grown cold. And here he is, you know, he's around, around that, he's in that scene and around that fire. And he denies the Lord, denies the Lord, denies the Lord. And I think in his heart, his heart was smitten and he realized how prideful, how stinking prideful I really am. Because I was the one that said, never, I'll never. I'll never. 
Maybe one of these other boneheads, but not me. Huh? Did you ever, pay attention, I'm, I'm finished. Did you ever see where that left Peter? I'll tell you where it left Peter. You read John chapter 21, and you find Peter sitting on the, on the, on the shore. He's kind of like on the beach. He's just sitting there. Now, I, I, I kind of like to read into things when I read the Bible, and so I can see him. He's just sitting there, his head's down. He's sulking. He's really feeling bad about himself. You know, he, he's, he's an insider. He was permitted to draw close. And he got close. And now he's feeling like, I just a scoundrel. And he's sitting on that, he's sitting on that, that beach, feeling bad, when all of a sudden, guess who draws near to him? Say it. Jesus. Jesus. Tony, think about this. Jesus didn't send Donald and say, go fetch Peter and bring him to my office. Now, get this. Get this. No. He didn't say, Tyler, I need you to go get, I need you to go get Joe. Bring him to my office. No. Jesus went right to where Peter was. Huh? Are you with me? And if you ever read the scenario, I love that story. One of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible. He says to Peter, hey, dude, what you doing? (laughs) Peter may have not even lifted up his head. And Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, what are you doing sitting on the beach? Get back in the game. That's what he said. I know he said, feed my sheep, but what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Huh? And Peter just kept his head down. Jesus said to him again, Peter, yeah, Lord, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Peter, what are you doing sitting on the beach? Get back in the game. And Peter must have been thinking, but Lord, you know what I've done. Sure I do, Peter. I told you we were going to do it before you did it. Are you with me? Third time. Third time. I love this story. I really love this story because I can just pick up the attitude of Peter. He's already feeling down about himself. He's already like, leave me alone already. And Jesus says third time, Peter, do you love me? Now, Lord, I told you that the third, I love you, man. Are you with me? And Jesus says, look at me, Peter, Peter. Get up off the ground and get back in the game. Are you with me? Now, there's a little little something, something about that text, Raji, that you got to look a little bit deeper. When I first read that, I thought to myself, so why is Jesus asking Peter three times? Well, of course, the simplest answer to that is he denied him three times. But Donald, like I shared with you yesterday, when you look at that story, it's interesting because there are several ways to express love in the New Testament. There are several words for it. There's three different words. Are you aware of that? There's agape love, which is God's love. It's sacrificial. It's selfless. And then there's phileo love. It's called phileo. It's a Greek word, phileo. That's brotherly kind of love. You know, you love your brother. Brian, I love you, man. Don't ever say to me, I love you in the Lord. That's fake. You either love me or you don't. Lord shouldn't have nothing to do with it. Love you in the Lord, brother. 
huh? That's a way to hide behind it. I really, I can't stand you, but I love you in the Lord. <laughs> Phileo love. And then there's eros. You know what eros is? Eros is sensual, kind of love. It's lustful. Now, I promise you, and I don't want you to take me at my word. Go look it up for yourself. When Jesus said to Peter, the very first time, Peter, do you love me? He used the word agape. Peter, in other words, he's saying this. Peter, do you love me like I love you? You know how Peter answered? He said, I phileo you. I love you the best way I can. I love you like a brother. You, you already know I denied you three times. The second time the Lord, Dennis, the second time the Lord said to Peter, he said, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me like I love you? And again, Peter came back the second time and said, Lord, I love you like a brother. I phileo you. I love you like a brother. I love you the best way I can. I don't, I don't want you to take, take me on this. Go look it up for yourself. The third time, Jesus said, Peter, do you phileo me? And that's when Peter said, Lord, you know I phileo you. Jesus said, then we'll start right where you are. We'll start right where you are. Huh? Where are you today? Look here. He's willing to meet you right where you are. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? And all he wants you to do is, remember, you don't have to stay like you are. You don't have to stay where you are. You can get up and get back in the game. Amen. Oh, but preacher, if you only knew, I don't need to know. But man, if you just, it doesn't make a difference. Because Jesus can cleanse you from all unrighteousness and put you back in the game. So the question begs to answer, have you lost Jesus? Has there been a time in your life, now honestly, between you and the Lord, where your fellowship with him was sweeter? Has there been a time in your life where, you know, you just felt more intimate, closer, Growing, where, you, where his word, I mean, it was like he was speaking to you. When you're praying, like you're speaking to him. Your service was, man, I'm enjoying it. Look here, there's times when service becomes service, but then there's those times when, man, I just, I'm so glad. What a privilege to serve God. I'm so glad I get to serve God. Are you with me? So, preacher, what do I need to do if I'm feeling that way? Restore fellowship. Admit it. Admit that you've lost it. Begin to seek him and go right back to that place where you... You know, maybe where you stopped reading your Bible, where you, where you just, you made some bad decisions, where you gave in where you shouldn't have given in, and get it back. Get it back. It's worth getting it back. Amen? Look here. Everybody loses it every once in a while. People sitting next to you, people sitting behind you, people sitting in front of you, and even the person talking to you has lost it once before. But you can get it back. You can get it back. And you can begin the process right here, right now, today. Amen. If you want to get it back. Amen. Let's pray together. And so, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for encouraging us. And thank you for wanting us to get it back. Help us today to do that very thing, to admit it, to seek you, and just to return. And if there's some here today just feeling that fellowship isn't what it used to be, may today be a day where they consider getting that all turned around. 
Work in every mind, work in every heart. Draw us closer to you. And if there's someone here this morning who has yet to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may, be, may today be a day which they would consider doing that very thing. May they have enough confidence in the fact that you love them to just come and accept Christ as their Savior, or at least find out a little bit more about what it means to be saved. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.